So, Jelly, how's life in Canberra these days? Uh, it's cold. As it turns out, uh, it's winter in July in Australia, and uh, it's really cold here, and that's a little awkward. But other than that, things are well. I mean, you, How's things in Adelaide? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, you've lived there pretty much your whole life now, so you know it's freezing, there's, there's fog in the morning. These, these are things you have to expect in Canberra. Right. And, you know, I, I've come to terms with the fact that Sydney and Melbourne are both much, much superior cities. In fact, Adelaide, I've never even been, and I'm pretty confident that that's a superior city as well. But some of us have to slum it in Canberra. So uh, here I am. But, you know, you do what you got to do. <laughs> I'm glad that you finally acknowledged that. It's, it's been a long time coming, I believe 20 episodes in total. But the fact that we finally got there is just, it just brings us, you know, Tears, tears to my eyes. So I don't know what what, what hey, did you want to R- chat to? Hey, today Russell. Ah, uh, jeez, I don't are you, know. What are you but, doing? You know, it, could... it's time to do the show. Oh, what the hell? What's going on? I'm, I'm hearing double. What's going on? It's is, I... it, is it two jellies over there? No, there's just one jelly. I'm jelly. This guy's. Are you sure? Uh, Casey, what are you doing here? Hey, how's it going? Oh, that's Casey. I thought that was this Jelly. Is, you guys, that's Casey Liss. You guys, not only do you sound the same, but you also like you have the same mannerisms. You have the same a lot of things. Wait, did you I think didn't... that Casey was me? Yeah, I couldn't tell you apart. I mean, he had the Canberra thing down pat. He's got the accent. He's got the you know the friendly smile that you can hear over the uh, the audio podcast. Oh, God. I can't believe that you thought Casey was me. Oh well, anyway, let's let, let's do a show. We we've got a show to do. So why don't why don't Casey? Why don't you join us? Given that you're here, I guess why not? Hi. So how's things? Yeah, good, good. I thought today we could talk a little bit about emotions. And Casey, it's actually really fortunate that you're here because you guys uh, on your you know, other podcast, Analog, right? The one that you do with uh, with Mike Hurley, murderer of the internet, is all about <laughs> feels. And uh, so that kind of works, right? You, we, can, we can have a chat about emotions and feelings and where, where they fit in on the internet. How's that sound? That sounds good. Let's go. So do, do you mind if I ask the, the first question? Because I've been dying to ask this for a very long time. It's, I noticed on, on Twitter, you, you have this phrase that you use a lot, and it's skull in a fire written as emoji. And I just want to know, what on earth does that mean? Skull in a fire. So from such a nice person, I see that a lot. Yeah. So um, a friend of mine, Brian, uh, used to say that to me um, fairly regularly, not skull in a fire. He would say the words die in a fire just to be funny. And um, and since I'm kind of obsessed with emoji because I'm kind of a, a 12-year-old girl at heart, I, I realized that you can use the phrase die in a fire or you can represent the phrase die in a fire with skull and then the words in a and then a little flame. And uh, and so that's that's my term of endearment when a friend um, or someone I I'm, I found funny is saying something obnoxious but in a, in a funny jokey way. That's the like oh you big jerk sort of uh, turn of phrase. Now of course every great once in a while I'll use that on someone who has had like a genuinely terrible tragedy relating to fire and death in their family, and then I feel like a terrible awful human being. Um, but that's only I've only been burned a couple of times oh nice i see what you did there good work nice i try so with emotions right that i feel like emotions run really high on the internet that that sort of thing is kind of rampant you you have the whole thing of like people get into arguments and a lot of the time they'll turn from being something that's you know factually based or something you know that's actually got research that's gone into it and it just turns into feel feel opinions and uh, just general emotion. Like, is there a point at which that sort of stuff can go really wrong? Oh, goodness, yes. Um, I was just talking with Mike about this recently. Uh, I feel like so often 
people don't realize that the stuff they say on the internet isn't always as funny as they think it is. For example, dying of fire. And I think that there's a couple of things at hand. First, everyone always wants to be right. And, and perhaps more importantly, everyone always wants to be more right than everyone else. And I think that's part of the problem. And especially in the kind of environment we live in, which is, you know, generally speaking, a bunch of computer programmers and developers and graphic designers and user interface experts, we are all hyper opinionated, hyper particular people. And we don't usually like to be wrong. And we don't typically think we're wrong. And this manifests itself in a bunch of ways. And what I was talking to Mike about recently was how much it annoys me when you find a story topper. And you, I presume each of you guys knows one of these either in real life or on the internet, but I've realized recently in myself that I was kind of becoming a story topper. So as an example, oh my goodness, it's 95 degrees here. And forgive me, I think that's like 30 or 35 centigrade. It's 95 degrees here. You guys don't know how hot it is. Really? Well, where I am, it's 100 degrees all year round. And it's just the most annoying thing in the world. Like, what, why is that necessary? And then I get annoyed when I see these things, and then I start getting feisty. And the same thing, like, you know, you see this all the time, and I think this is what you're driving at, Jelly, you know, with, with Android versus, with, versus Apple. I think Russell may have seen that once or twice in his life. You see it, <laughs> you see it with all these, like, stupid, stupid arguments, and people get so upset about it. And I don't really get why, because if you take a step back, you think to yourself, none of this crap really matters. You know, if Russell really wants to use an Android phone, I'm pretty sure my life is going to go on. It's going to be okay. I don't know, Russell, how's that been for you? Because you're, cause you, you've got this like foot in each world, right? And, you know, all of these Apple developers, I, I think, really respect you and really, really appreciate the work that you do. But yet you seem to have a stronger allegiance to Android than, than iOS and Apple and stuff like that. Do you get, do you, are you on the receiving end of a lot of this BS? I, I have to imagine so. You, you know what I am? And I, I think that's a, that's a combination of things. So I think one thing is when I chose to start, you know, putting stuff out on the internet and I, I made a blog and I, I got on this Twitter thing that everyone was on, I, I saw that there was a lot of opinions that were the same. You know, a lot, a lot of people have the opinion that this is good and this is bad. And I don't know, it's always been like a, a thing with me just to think, Okay, like, is, is this thing that everyone says is, is bad? Is it actually bad? And that's that's what first drew me to Android. I'm like, I have to try this. Is it terrible? And you know what? In the early days, it was. It was genuinely terrible. And, you know, what happens What happens since then is it's gotten better. And it's weird. I get on the internet and I tell people, you know, I have a Samsung phone. I'm, I'm sure I'm embarrassed by the fact that it says Samsung. But the camera is amazing. You know, the software is amazing. I really love it. And people have a freak out. And I'm like, well, it's just my opinion <laughs> on one phone. Like, I'm not trying to get you to buy one. You don't have to carry one everywhere you go, you know. I have an iPhone, I use it, I love it, but I, I both understand, you know, why they freak out and I'm also disappointed at the same time because, I don't know, it's kind of been a constant thread through my life just to kind of, I don't know how you describe it, but you kind of look for a different angle on things and kind of look for the, the truth kind of hidden behind things and, you know, when I find that, just to, to be happy that I found it. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you find that there are particular products, and maybe maybe they're not Android, but let's take... um what is it, Android Wear, that everyone in the Apple community seems to really, you know, thumb their nose at, 
it do you have you have at least one of these devices right is it a, is it genuinely a piece of crap or is it actually very good and if it is good do you feel like you get a lot more snark about perhaps android wear or maybe something else entirely like is there is there something that get that you get a lot of snark about more so than your samsung phone no so 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 far the the worst thing i've encountered has been the the samsung phone i, I found with android wear you know the first versions of of the phone, of the watches sorry that google put out were were generally terrible and that's a, that's a theme you know with Google, they'll put out the first version of something way too early. Um, it'll be horrible, and then they'll refine it. And people only seem to remember the first version of everything. And that's because, you know, unlike me, they don't go and buy all the Google stuff. You know, they, they don't get sent it from time to time. And I, I have literally, I think, every single Android Wear watch made, bar I think one. Wow! And some of them are generally really nice. Like I have the the LG Watch Urbane. I really like it. It's it's round. It's got it's nice and big. You know, I like big watches. It's got you know a nice sort of chrome sort of heft to it. And I find I don't get a lot of snark about that. People see that and they're like, oh, you know, that's interesting. It's it's a different watch. What does it do? Show it to me. Whereas you put a Samsung phone in, in front of, you know, a lot of Apple people and they just freak out. And I think that's that's the history or, you know, partly made up, partly true between, you know, you've got these two sports teams. You've got the Apple sports team and you've got the Samsung sports team. Sure. And they really don't like each other. Like it's, it's just a thing. You know, they've taken <laughs> it. And it is literally like sports teams. You know, if you have a team that you support – you're passionate about it. Everything the other team does is terrible. And if you're on the other side, you're like, look at that other team. You know, they're terrible as well. And I guess in this scenario, you know, Apple is the team that that wins way more than the Samsung team. So you've got that kind of dynamic, you know, going on as well. So I want to know, how does that make you feel, Russell? How does it make you feel? <laughs> I see what you're driving at here. I guess in the early days that made me feel super confused. You know, I'd put an opinion on the internet and say, you know, this thing that Motorola made or this thing that whoever made is good. And people be like, it's no good. It's terrible. How can you say it's good? You've abandoned us, Apple people. I'm like, abandoned what? I'm I'm sorry. I don't, I don't get it. Like I said, one product was good. That doesn't mean I don't like all the other things I've had. So in the early days, it made me feel confused. And then I guess it made me feel a little bit angry. And I guess these days I've just come to embrace it. You know, it's, it's just a thing. Like people, people will react like that. And I'd, it doesn't bother me as much. Although I have to say... I do these days, I get on Twitter and I'm really careful about how I word things and what I say because I know that if I put too many Samsung posts in a row or these days even too many um, Apple posts in a row that people will be like, oh, you always talk about Apple, you know, you love Apple so much, you've abandoned us. And then the other side will be like, oh, you always talk about Samsung, you know, you've abandoned us Apple people. I'm like, you just can't win. So these days I think the net effect is I'm very careful about what I say sometimes. Sometimes I'll still just put it out there anyway. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I want to care a lot less about what I put out there, both on my blog and on Twitter. And I want to, I want to tell you that you really shouldn't give a crap about what anyone else thinks. You should just post what you want to post. But that's definitely a do as I say, not as I do sort of thing. Do you think it's worthwhile to continue to give a crap what what you're posting and what people think of it? I mean, obviously, you've been doing it so far, so you think there's something that comes of it. But it seems to me like, you know what? If people don't like what you're saying on Twitter, they can just unfollow you and life will go on. Yeah, it, it's a hard thing because, you know, there's the, there's the personal side of me who enjoys writing these posts, enjoys, you know, buying new products and testing them out and then writing about them. But there's also the, the tricky side is that, you know, I, I work at a company that, you know, I run with Philip and this is Shifty Jelly I'm talking about. And it's it's always tricky because it, I get different people following me on Twitter. So I get, you know, people that love, you know, the blog that I write. I get people that love, you know, Shifty Jelly, the company that I work for, and they perhaps love, you know, the iOS apps that we build. 
And then I get people who follow me from real life, like my accountant, you know, follows me on there and there's other just random people. And I don't, I really don't know how to talk to these three different people at once. And so in the end, you know, you kind of have to half give up, but also half censor yourself because you know that, okay, if, if my customers are reading this and they constantly see Android, 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 the idea that they get is that we've abandoned, you know, the iOS platform and they start to get a bit, you know, disparaged. They're like, oh, you know, Russell is the iOS developer at Shifty Jelly. This is what he does. And if all he talks about is Android, then clearly, you know, he's no longer working on um, any of the apps, which is not true, but it's a perception that I kind of have to try and, you know, manage. I have to occasionally tell people, hey, you know, the new version of this is amazing and the new version of this is coming. And I don't know, it's, it's a hard thing because you've got, yeah, these three groups of people. Do you, do you guys get that as well? No, I understand what you're saying. I totally understand what you're saying. And I never thought of it that way. But for me, I mean, I'm known as either being an Apple fanboy or a Feels fanboy, I guess. So it's not (laughs) surprising. That's up there with (laughs) uh, Phil Pinions. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So I, I don't have to, I don't have to worry near as much as I think you do. And my day job, I don't usually talk about. So yeah, like earlier today, there was there were some things that happened in my day job that that I really wanted to get snarky about on Twitter, but I just didn't, and that's okay. It's interesting to me that you have to think about what the perception is to your customers, and that's that's not something I expected you to say, but now that you've said it, it makes perfect sense. I don't know, Jelly, how do you feel about all this? I I kind of don't get a lot of negative stuff put towards me on Twitter or anything like that. I I mean I get a little bit, but mostly uh, mostly I don't see a lot of it. Like people don't tweet at me with their, you know, horrific opinions. It's probably because I just don't have as many followers as either of you two do. So you know there's that. Actually that that is one thing I've noticed. The the more quote unquote popular you get anywhere on the internet, the more of that you'll get. Yep. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Like, I mean, and that's a lot of. It kind of seems like uh, if you listen to, for those that are listening to this, there's a lot of like negative, like negative feelings that kind of float around on the internet. Do you guys uh, ever see? Uh, like do you ever do you ever kind of get positive feels from the internet positive uh see positive stuff floating around i definitely i get amazing amounts of positivity online yeah big time because you know i'll do something new or i'll say something and that just you'll get these little comments from people and they're just (laughs) i just they're just like little gems like i love pressing that little star button on twitter and it you know it makes me feel good and the other thing i found is that um I don't want to advertise a product here, but I found that posting all my, you know, super negative stuff in Slack kind of helps because you, you've segmented that off from the, the public world. And if I want to rant about something that's broken in OS 10, you know, I jump in a channel with, with Mark Edwards and another guy called Tony and I'm like, look, this is broken and we can have a laugh about it without making it feel like we're publicly, I guess, mocking Apple. I couldn't agree more. Um, on the, the hosts of Relay are all on a Slack team together. And as soon as that became a thing, I found that a lot more of my ranting, especially the stuff that I, I didn't feel was worth making a statement about, just the like, oh my God, do you believe this? Or can you believe what this person just said? All of that gets funneled to Slack because it's a it's a private place that just me and the people who understand me will see. Not to say they're the only people, but you know what I mean? Like th- this is this is a this is a safe place. And and I definitely am glad to have that. And so um, I, I completely agree. And I don't know, Jelly. Do you do you in the mobile couch, uh, mobile couch guys? Do you have anything like that, or not? Re- not really. So we have a we, similar to the relay uh, podcast um, Slack. I have a Jelly style podcast Slack, which has uh, has both the mobile couch guys and also Russell <laughs> um, and Melissa. And Melissa's in there and as Mel's well. And Mel's in there um, it, because you know so was Screen Queens. 
Um, are, you, are you getting the promos out of the way? Good work. Nice. Uh, but yeah, well, like we, we um, kind of, I mean, there's a lot more conversation between me and Russell than there is between any of the rest of us, but um, on there, especially, I don't really use it to talk to Mel, but I, it's, it is a place that is kind of, you know, private and we can kind of talk about things that, are, you know, that we just want to keep between ourselves. I think that that's, I think that's definitely true. I did want to ask Casey because he never got to respond to the, the positive side of things. Like how, how much positivity do you get out of, you know, the internet, places like Twitter and things like that? Twitter, I have a love-hate and love-to-hate relationship with. Uh, I I generally really love Twitter, and I love Twitter because so many people that I that I deeply respect, um, I either am able to follow them on Twitter and at least see the things that they're saying, or in some cases I'm lucky enough to be able to interact with them. And and you two are a great example. Um, and so in that sense, Twitter is wonderful. In the other sense, though. It was actually at the end of last year, I started taking notes of what Twitter was upset about every day. And this lasted about a month. And I, and I gave up because it turned out some American publication, I don't remember which one, like Time or something, had done that for, I think, the entire year. And I had only done it for like two weeks at this point. And I was like, well, I guess that idea is <laughs> over. But, but what they had done was, and what I was doing was, they had looked at what was Twitter ticked off about today. And I kid you not, it was easily five days out of seven, if not six, that Twitter just was all up in arms about something. And in that sense, Twitter's very exhausting and very frustrating. But in general, on just being on the internet in general, not exclusively related to Twitter, I find that a lot of times when I post something personal, like about my baby or about family or about some way I'm feeling vulnerable about something... And I don't do this that often, but on the occasions that I do it, or maybe it's just a picture that that's of Aaron, my wife, or or my baby, our baby, or what what have you. A lot of times, I'll get an overwhelming amount of positive feedback about these things. Um, like just recently, I put up a, uh, an Instagram picture of um, of our baby uh, using my wife's MacBook Air, which is to say, he was just kind of grabbing at it, <laughs> and so. I put that up and we and that got a bunch of wonderful feedback, you know, just a, a bunch of likes or favorites or hearts, whatever they are on Instagram and a, and a handful of comments about what a great picture it was. And that makes me feel great because here was I mean, I was kind of proud of the picture, to be honest, but I didn't think it was remarkable. And a lot of people were like, well, what a great picture, you know, th- threw me a heart, um, as weird as that may sound. And and that sort of <laughs> they thing. They just ripped it out and threw <laughs> it. Just, yeah, it was straight. It was straight Indiana Jones up in there. But um, but yeah, and, and that sort of thing makes you feel wonderful. And and, and for that, I, I love the Internet. And, you know, these are coming in from all across the world. But man, sometimes, especially on Twitter, people get angry on the Internet. I don't know if you two have noticed, but people get angry a lot. And that's tough. Oh, yeah. I, I think I, I agree with, with what you're saying, Casey. Like, I, I think that, you know, the internet is full of um, full of kind of both sides of emotion, like both the, what I guess you would call the good emotions and the bad emotions. And I mean, I, I think part of it is just, you know, trying to manage what not only you put out, but what you take in. Um, if that means, you know, stepping away from it for a little while, it kind of, because uh, it has, you know, an effect on what you are like in, in real life, in in meat space, I guess, uh, because if you get you know annoyed with something on on the internet, you can't just you know turn the internet off and you know suddenly all the annoyance goes away, or you know all the anger or anything like that goes away. It it stays with you. Do you guys think that you have to kind of uh, manage the exposure that you have to the internet? 
you know, it, one thing that I've noticed, so we went on vacation to <coughs> Disney World um, uh, a couple you, weeks Casey. ago. <laughs> I hate you. Hi, Jelly. Is that in Canberra? <laughs> uh, yeah yeah it was it was totally in canberra um so we went on vacation um a couple of weeks ago and i typically try to be a twitter completionist and we were just really really busy and i didn't have time to be a twitter completionist and so i was you know scrolling to the top in twitter just you know, you know hitting the status bar on and, and just zooming to the top and, and ignoring hundreds of tweets on on like a regular basis and that's not usually my style and what was shocking about that was I didn't really miss anything. As someone who is usually like who lives on Twitter, I typically don't want to to miss any tweets because I feel like I'm I've missed out on something that's happened. But you know what? Declaring Twitter bankruptcy regularly didn't really hurt anything. And the only somewhat significant thing I think I missed out on and was only by a few hours was when America finally woke up and decided to make gay marriage legal. That happened when we were um on vacation and that was monumental and awesome, and I was really excited to see that, and I missed it by like three hours. That was the biggest travesty that happened for me declaring Twitter bankruptcy regularly. And so, Jelly, I think you're right that I should probably be more willing to do that and be less obsessed with seeing every single tweet, especially since the the crummy tweets that I occasionally get, man, do they stick with me. The nice tweets, it's like, oh, that person was so nice. Anyway, but the uh, but the bad tweets, oh, like that person's a jerk. And then you keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. Like yesterday, for example, somebody tweeted at me and said, because of my brazen attitude towards speeding in cars, I had tweeted a couple things about uh, related to that. They have now unfollowed me, unsubscribed from my website, not and, and unsubscribed from both ATP and, and Analog. Like, why did you choose to tell me that? <laughs> what were you looking to gain from this? And why am I still talking about this 24 hours later? Um, so yeah, taking a break, probably healthy. Yeah, and I've got to say, including taking a break, the smartest thing often is not to respond as well because I think yep. my inclination, like most people, is just like, oh, I just want to send something back to that person and yep. be like, what are you trying to achieve? Or just like send them maybe like a little emoji that's like a hand wave of like, goodbye. That's exactly nice, nice what I almost you. did. Yeah, I, I, I Genuinely, I composed the tweet, which was only a waving hand, and then I aborted it because I thought better of it because you're right, Russell, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, and, and the, the other thing that I've tried that, that really doesn't work is sometimes I'll try and be funny with them. I'll be like, what do you mean my Brazilian attitude? I drove past going, go. <laughs> and they don't find that funny at all and they just get more snarky. So often it's just best to, yep. to leave it and move on. So before we let you go, Casey, we just have to get our signature boom from you if we can. Oh, so I just have to say that word? Yes. And then the I show ends. If you don't say that word, the show literally can't end. It just Oh, well, what if I want to keep talking to you guys? It just keeps going forever. Yeah. You you can't hang up. You can't leave. You have to abandon your family for the show because you won't say the word. Oh, that's a small price to pay. This is like one of those lock, locked room experiences where you have to figure out how to get out, and it's really, really easy. <laughs> you, know what, you know, I think I have the key, and the key is boom. 